Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this, what the fuckers. It's Mark Marin. This is WTF. I'm in the car. I'm in the car driving down the 110 here in Los Angeles, California, to the 101 freeway, to the Melrose exit, to the Paramount lot, to interview Ray Romano and Mike Royce. Both comedians. Obviously, you know Ray. You may not know Mike. Mike uh, was a, you know, a, almost a house MC at the Comedy Cellar. Very funny guy. Great crowd work. Haven't talked to him in a while. One of the nicest guys in stand-up comedy. Ray Romano, one of the nicest guys in stand-up comedy. I knew him when he was just a stand-up. I remember him giving me a ride home once. I always felt that uh, he was sort of uh, frightened of me or intimidated by me. I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing about Ray Romano. It's a rare thing in my business in stand-up that no one's really got anything bad to say about him. He's always been a decent guy, loyal to his friends, funny, knew his voice, and did what he did. Uh, no one has anything bad to say about him. I know some of you may condescend uh, the show, Everybody Loves Raymond, and once somebody becomes a big success, uh, you know, of course, you can have some haters. But as a person, as a stand-up, I've never known anybody to say anything bad about him. I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, I ran into him once at a sushi restaurant uh, in the middle of the Ray, or towards the end of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, and... And, of course, I'm sure I looked at him differently because he was now, you had the biggest sitcom on television. And uh, you know me. I don't know if there was resentment, but I didn't. I also didn't know how well I really knew him. And he was very nice. So we're going to go over there. I'm going to talk to them a little bit about stand-up, I uh, hope, and a, and, a, and a bit about the new show, Men of a Certain Age, which I find to be pretty good. Uh, I watched the entire first season. And I, you know, this isn't a plug fest, but it's rare that a show sort of captures the disillusionment and struggles of somebody in their 40s in a fairly honest way. And if any of you have watched it, you know that Ray is actually portraying a compulsive gambler, that Ray Romano may indeed have a dark side. I'm not sure. But what's really important right now is that I don't get into a car accident because I'm talking into a microphone. Holy fuck. Uh, it's hot in the car, too. I, look, this is not important. The The interesting thing is is the Paramount lot is a pretty spectacular place. It's been there forever. It's got the big, beautiful gates. I think you've, I think they actually used it in uh, Sunset Boulevard and several other movies that I know I don't know offhand, but it's one of the few you know old school you know studio lots. They don't really exist that much anymore, and it's pretty exciting to go on there. I don't know. I think I'm going to be on the set or in their offices. I know they're shooting. I don't think we've done that in a while since um, since I interviewed Zach Galifianakis in the uh, in the trailer. But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Scott Bakula will drop by. I'm going to open my window. So we'll, uh, maybe Scott Bakula will drop by, get him on the mics, or Andre Brogger. Is that how you pronounce it? Bronger? Is it Brogger? I think it's Brogger. He's fucking genius in this show. I think he was nominated for Emmy. God forbid I do my fucking research. Did he win an Emmy? Oh, man. I should know that. I think it was nominated. They'll correct me, right? I'm only human. I can't be expected to to do research on my guests other than having known them when we all did comedy fucking 15 years ago. Look, you know what? I just Let's just check back at the gate. 
So am I, am I going? Uh, all right. So am I? Can I? Gate, the visitors gate. The visitors gate. You're so going to, you're going to the Wilder Building. That's a map of the studio. We're right here. Yeah. You're gonna make a U-turn. Yeah. You're gonna make a right. Hundred uh, hundred yards down. You're gonna come in the main gate. Oh, this is in the main gate. Okay. No, no that's what I was asking you. Okay. You're gonna park in our visitors' parking lot. Right. You need to go to the Wilder Building. So. Wilder building. Right. So you're going to cut across all the way to the, your dead end. And it's the last building on your left-hand side. So I walk from the lot. Yes, sir. Okay, thanks. You turn 100 yards down. All right. And, oh, so I don't need to get a pass from you? Well, you need to, sh you got to come in. You got to show that to the officer. Got it. With your driver's license. Got and it. And he'll park you. Thank you. It wasn't even the main gate. Oh, well. I guess if I uh, had a job on the Paramount lot, I would know that. 100 yards down. Oh, there's the Rowley Studios right across the street, which is where they did Mr. Show, if you're paying attention at home. from what I think so. I think that's where they did it. I'm a shitty tour guide. All right, so now we're going to the main gate. Oh, shit. Yeah. This is definitely the main gate. But I should be all set, right? All right, my stomach hurts. Guest permit, I'm a guest. So, um, that guy was pretty nice. There's a little color printout of the uh, Paramount lot. Paramount Pictures, oh my. They printed out my, uh, my pass and it looks like a giant old style movie ticket and it says Paramount Pictures welcomes Mark Marin. Please proceed to the Wilder 101. Oh, they are underneath a Viacom company. That kind of undercuts the movie romance of the whole thing. Got a motorcycle in front of me. Hold on. Hey, buddy. Do you need my ID? Uh, where you, you know where to go? I kind of do. He sort of pointed it out. Back here, the Wilder building. And I, where I, are. That's where you park. I park right in there. Take yeah, a walk. Back. Thanks a lot. Take a walk. All right. On the maps, you, do you ever notice that, like, on maps, it always looks a lot bigger? See, I was here when I was very young because a friend of mine had a... His mother worked here. And uh, there's this huge wall that's just a sky. It's painted like a sky. And they use it as a movie set. I don't know if they use it anymore. Oh, yeah, they got valet parking here. They don't get shit every turn, won't they? Listen to me. When did I turn into an old Jew? Do I have to valet? Can I self-park? Yes, there's a few spaces at the back over there. So I'll go around that way? Yeah, go straight to your left. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Am I driving? Can I go? There's a guy with no shirt on. Why is he... Oh, what is going on here? You know, studios are always interesting. Yeah, but there's this huge blank screen. Like, it's a huge screen. It's just a sky that I assume they use for, for motion pictures at times. I know I'm going to get lost in this fucking lot. I always get lost at this fucking lot. I've been here a few times, a few auditions back in the day when I had an audition. <laughs> I know I just went on one, but I used to have an agent. I'd come walk around here. But it's like all the bungalows look the same. The the uh, the way it's painted is exactly like the old days, as I imagine it. And every building, there are certain stretches of building that are clearly just used as, as sets. Like you know, they're you know the opening of television shows. You kind of recognize them uh, from the back. Like the back of this series of buildings is obviously a set. I don't know what that set would be, 
But uh, again, not not a great uh, not a great guide. And I'm a half hour early. So what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, this is one of those situations where I really wish I knew more about where I was. So I just got out of the car. I'm in the uh, Paramount lot. I see stage 14. I see uh, crates. I hear hear that sound. In any other situation, that would just be like, oh, someone's mowing their lawn or or somebody's uh, building something. But here on the Paramount lot, it means that entertainment is being made and created. Oh, wait. Uh, it's just a, it's a guy with a weed whacker. Actually turning the landscaping. All right, so you're not all, not always. So maybe I'm romanticizing a little bit. So, uh, so that happens, you know. Show business. Hey, is that George Lopez? No. It's the guy. You know, I'm going to make up a history for Paramount. You know, back in the day when they had the studio system, you know, Paramount had uh, several big names like Sam Flanagan and Kevin, you know, and everybody at that time knew them. I believe I just in, in, uh, engaged uh, an old Chevy Chase device to uh, get a laugh out of you, if it did indeed do that. I'm going to end up using up all my fucking time with this bullshit. All right, where the fuck is this place? The Wilder building. should be right up here. And I just go in with my little pass. These pants are too tight now. God damn it. Talent entrance. For what? Big time rush. Uh, that's a casting. Huh. I wonder if I would have been sent out on that. I don't even know what that show is. That doesn't matter. Billy Wilder. Oh, it's a Billy Wilder building. I should have known that. Men of a certain age production office left. That's us. Production office. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm Mark Marin. Supposed to meet Mike and Ray. Oh, you would be down the hall there. Let me show you that. I'm a little early, but I need to set up some equipment. I don't have to look at this map anymore. That's okay. Come this way. All right. What do you got? The whole building? Um, most of the first floor, at least. That's pretty good. It's one of the old buildings. Whoa. Hello. What's up? I think we're setting you up in the right room. We're both on the calls. I'll look in here. It's no problem. I need to set up some stuff. How you doing, man? Hi, fellas. I'm all right. In here? So, yes. Okay. The right room. This is good. Well, there's plenty of snacks. Oh, you got Twizzlers. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's Twizzlers and Tabasco and a bag of forks. Ray Romano. Oh, boy. It's a guy from television. Wait, I got more hair than you? I don't know how that happened. How are you, man? I got my glasses to look smart, too. Nice to see you. I'm good. I'm great. Like Ron, you, you can sit over here. Oh, yeah? Right. Is it, do, we, uh, do I have to hold this? Just hold it up as close as possible. You remember those, right? right? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, used to the, I'm used to the lavaliers now. Not, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're yeah. going this old is, school, right? Yeah, this yeah. is like the right when you do a thing at the Writers Guild and you realize how little money the Writers Guild has. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like, it's, it's just the way I do it because I figure we all know how to hold these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it brings us back to our roots. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I have to be honest with you guys. Uh, my guests are Mike Royce and Ray Romano. That I, uh, I like the show. 
Thank you. And, 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 <laughs> and that's not easy for me to say because uh, I won't lie about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But but oh, Mike good. sent me all of them. And I was in London. I was in England, and I was sitting on my bed. I, you, you kept me from masturbating for oh, no. for, for about a week in England because well, I've done our job. Yeah, uh. I had I had all the shows, and I would sit at night in in London watching them over and over again. And I was I found it very compelling. Oh, thanks, thank you. But I well, it was it, funny the way you said that. I have to be honest with you. It was funny the way I like the show, like as if you know, this is going to come as a shock. It is. Yeah. There's, well, you yeah. know me, kind of. No, I know, I know, yeah. I know. I yeah, go, things he doesn't like. No, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Well, and it's hard for me not to be, uh, you know, jealous or whatever. But you know, yeah. I was as I was driving over here, I realized that Ray and you are like the nicest guys in the world in, in comedy. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, I've never had anything bad to say about either of you, so I can't even apologize or act like I had some sort of resentment or yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you interviewed Judd Apatow. He's a nice dude, right? He is a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one time, we all started together, I think, at the Comedy Cellar or around about that. Right. You hosted a lot. Yes, yes. And, and Ray, one time- I, I hosted it, too, in the beginning. Yeah, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah, already- yeah. Uh, you, you were know, already- When you, you came, you I, were, was, I passed the hosting on to Mike yeah. the time you came. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I remember one time, you know, Ray walked in. I think I was sitting with Colin Quinn and who maybe Louie or Jim Norton. And he said, oh, my God, this is an edgy table. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't even, I don't know if I could sit at the table. Well, there's a whole string of comics that I'm around. When I'm around, I just feel unfunny around, you know, because they're so edgy and there, and I'm, I just feel so not edgy, you know. But you're so, but you're so fucking funny. You really, you really believe that on some level that you're not funny. Well, the- I, I believe on stage I can, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, I just did that Maxim article. Yes. Uh, a Q and A with Maxim, where they exit he's it's like if you have 24 hours to live, they're, they're going to ask you these questions. And one of them was, "What? Which one of your jokes is going to send you straight to hell?" And I had to make up, and I had to say, if I had jokes like that, I would have got laid more as a comic, you know, because I just, yeah, I, I would come up with bits. Remember the time we but, would come up with bits, and I would say, "Well, I got to give that to a tell." I can't right, do that. Right, joke. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did, I wish I could. But do But that's it. the thing. I always, I remember from the beginning, you were, I mean, you were very comfortable with who you were. Who you were, and at the same time, very jealous of not not yeah. not in a way that you actually wanted yeah, yeah, to ever yeah. do that. But that was my biggest come down. Was I started with a tell? Like we started at the same exact time. I, I got to be honest with you. I just had a tell on a live one. You're 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 probably mentally and emotionally better off. Than <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> yeah. Well. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I go blow for blow for him mentally. And, no, uh, that, but in different, different ways. On who's more of, miserable? Different kind of fucked up. But he's yeah. he's epically miserable. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he can turn anything into. But he's one of those guys where it's like me. You know, if I if I'm not neurotic and angry and he's not miserable, I mean, what what are we really? <laughs> how do we exist? Well, in that's the world? what they say when they ask me about when someone asks me how I like the love the um, doing the show. Yeah. My answer is I'm I'm less miserable doing the show than not. You know, you know when I was out when Raymond ended and we had four years of nothing. Right. I was super miserable, and now I'm only medium only up miserable. To, up to miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's interesting because for me, like I believe that if I had the run that you had with Raymond, and and that ended, that I would be like I'm done. I, I'm. That's what I thought. That's how this <laughs> show came about. Yeah. Because for the for the first couple months, I was like. This is going to be fun, man. I got first of all, I have time because for nine years I had zero time, you know. And and I got now I have money. Yeah. You know, uh, I got some time. I'll I'll do this shit. I'll golf, whatever. Yeah. I'll fucking hang out. And then about three, four months in, I had a freaking breakdown. I had a maybe not a real breakdown, but I had a big void, a big emotional shit. What the hell am I doing now? I can't. I got to do something. Really? Yeah. 
And that's we got together that's, and, that's, and we said, let's write a show about that part time of your life, you know? Where you hit that yeah. midwife uh, yeah, wall. That, yeah. The, I, yeah, the what's next kind of. That's so, that, that disappoints me because I'm, I still hang, <laughs> yeah. I'm, still, I'm still hanging on to the hope. It's, that I'm going to have that opportunity to where, like, hey, I got everything. That's and yep. uh, you know what? It's not enough. I, I don't feel good. The, uh, that was part of the. I mean, because I had this. I had the same thing going on, and I was just. It was after Lucky Louie. <laughs> waiting for. Yeah, people should know that you you were a head writer on Lucky Louie, right? Uh, With yeah, Louie. well, Louie, really. I mean, right, Louie's show, but I was the showrunner. Right? Yeah, you, know. you orbited Louie. Yes. So you're saying that you guys both had you sort of hit a wall yet? Well, downtime. yeah, and it was it was just it was really the fact that. Someone who could be wildly, wildly successful was having the same exact feeling that someone who is basically like, I'm a total failure, and what am I going to do next? It's the same. You just hit that age, and you just are looking around at whatever the hell. You know, if you had a success, then you're thinking, you know, is that it? I guess I'm like, I have a lot more life left. Right. So and it's, a, it's not it. even it's not even a matter of work. I think we're just sort of compulsive people, and you sort you need to continue to define yourself or who are you? Yes, there was a lot of who am I. <laughs> What am I doing here? But you did a few movies. In the in the in the when Raymond ended, I did a couple of ones that went right to video. You know, I did Ice Age again. Yeah, which is you know great, but it's you know it's you're, a, you're in a studio with nobody right. there. And then um, I do a couple movies that I wanted to do that they didn't want me. You know, the ones I wanted. I didn't want to do. Why would they want? Now, why would they say they didn't want you? For well, after they didn't want me, but I would meet. Like I met with for Little Miss Sunshine. I met those people, and I loved that script. Yeah. And they, they at first it got into turnaround or whatever, and then it just went, you know, went away. And and Greg Kinnear got that role. And then there was this other movie called Paper Man, which I I, I offered to buy the script from the guy because. Yeah. I met the director, and it was your friend, right? When your yes. friend directing it, yes, yeah. I met him on the strike. The guy, yeah, that. yeah. And I, I love the script so much. And when they kind of weren't into me, and then I heard it was having financial trouble, I said, "Can I buy the script?" And I couldn't even do that. And then they made it with uh, with Bill, Jeff no, Daniels, with Jeff Daniels. Yeah, was yeah. that a big? Was that is it wasn't that, a big success that movie? No. But was your is the film situation a disappointment to you in, in a big way? Or are you happier with television? It seems like it's more well, work. Yeah, well, we were well, toying with making this a film. We this didn't know that, what to yeah. do. Um, it's funny because now when I think of all the work, I, I've said this to you. I say, why didn't we do a film? We should have just done a film. We could put all our energy into six months, and then we're done. And now you put all your energy. You're making a little film every every seven days. You're filming yeah. it. But it takes, a, you know, with post and pre, it takes. And as soon as that one's done, the next one's there. And and it's like I say, it, it it's crazy so then you say, why am I doing it? And the answer is, I, my, I'm less miserable <laughs> doing it. I know what not doing it is like. You and your know? wife, your wife yeah. has a little relief. Well, yeah. my, wife, my wife, every time, <clears throat> it's, you know, what's weird is because we don't need the money. Yeah. So I got that, like whenever I'm away for too long, I can't even use that. I can't even use. Yeah, hey, yeah. somebody's got to pay the bills. <laughs> pay the bills. We got fucking fourteen people running around our house. I don't even know their names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I can't even use that, you know. But, but I, yeah. As much as I say this is too much, uh, it's it's a good problem to have, you know. Yeah, yeah. and also like yeah. it seems to me that uh, what you're doing with the with the show. By the way, let me just say I know this sounds. It sounds really depressing. That's all right. There's a lot of there's a lot of highs in this, you know, you know. Even though we're miserable what? from the work. No, I know about the show or the your show, life? the show. The show. I'm saying doing the show 
There's a oh, yeah, lot no, of, it's totally, it's the most exhilarating thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what, so that, much fucking work. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, but yeah, even like, even me schlepping around this thing, even doing the podcast is a lot of work. And I think the, the dread that comes from just knowing that the work is not going to stop is normal. That like, you know, okay, yeah. we finished and like, oh, there's another wave coming. Yes, yes. Right. And it, it doesn't feel like you're going to get any relief from it. And that can be overwhelming. Well, and he really didn't get any relief. This, I mean, between seasons, you know. Oh, you mean now? I'm saying between this season and uh, first season and second season, everything that happened in between, I'm saying. Well, know. I had a rough yeah. off season. My father passed away. And I'm sorry. Whatever. Yeah. And it just, it yeah. happened, you know, not, well, not, not to put it in this kind of context, but I guess it, it's literally the moment we were done with the first season. All right. We got some time off, like a month just to relax. And then yeah, a, lot of shit, a lot of yeah. shit at the fan for me, but, but yeah. But going to work was a good yeah. That's true. Getaway. Is that's that now, that now? I have to assume that that kind of uh, event or, or just being alive and having to deal with that kind of stuff it seems to inform this show a lot because like you're doing something fairly amazing with the show in that it it's pretty it's not dark but it's honest right. and yet it, it somehow is balanced out by comedy. But you know you spent nine years telling jokes. I mean you know everybody loves Ray is a joke machine. I mean, yes. I mean that's what that's how those right, kind of right, shows right, are yeah. written. You're yeah. there to deliver the next joke, even if it's going to something horrible is going to happen in the show. It's always buffered by by jokes. Right. Yeah. Whereas this show, you know, the the buffering comes from from the emotional uh, depth of each character, and if somehow or another, uh, because of the three characters, no one goes down too far to where you feel like, oh Christ, I got to turn this off, or this guy's going to hurt himself. <laughs> well. TNT uh, might differ with that, but TNT <laughs> won't allow us. We we sometimes want to go a little deeper. Like what? What's an example of that? I think well, well I, the pilot, I, for example, they were well. The really pilot they thought was way too depressing, and actually, the 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 original the original pilot, whatever the the, the original version of the pilot was at at, at the at first they told us we could do commercial free, so it would be like an hour, a full hour. Uh huh. So we cut. We ended up cutting about you know mm. ten fifteen minutes out and. Yeah. First of all, there was a lot more possum stuff, which I'm not saying anybody wants that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we ran over a possum, and then I, I don't know if you, if, if you remember, but I, my character runs over a possum. Yeah, and we don't know if he's dead or alive, so I got to kill him just to. Right, I remember. Yeah, I, I done that. But but yeah, just and then he runs yeah. into the woods, and then we go chase him in the woods because I don't even know if he's really dead. I got to go. The obsessing. We, we try to kill him more. with a big rock, and, and they, they cut that out and upset. And out. instead, you go back with your bookie. At the end with of the show, yeah, right. Yeah, right, that, right. that was a very interesting choice. So that wasn't a bad choice because then that's the moment where you realize, you know, that that Ray Romano, either whoever you picture him to be, which most people have an idea of who you are because of your show, right? And now you've got you as this character right. that you know you've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, yeah, you're right. What you right. know, you're right. That's what right. You know. And, no, it, that's, it, and it didn't feel far fetched to me, but it was yeah. it was an interesting thing that like you know, there's a moment where you like he's fucking going back because you've got that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that then that sort of uh, becomes amplified because your son starts to have it. Is that something you really yeah. have? The obsessive gene, yeah, yeah of course. Well, not the yeah. gene, the well, problem, right? <laughs> I mean, to go <laughs> yeah. back and see if a possum is dead, you know, yes. twelve hours yes, later. Yes, and I tell you, the true story was. Uh, that that by the way that story about the possum running over and it's still alive yeah that was told to me by somebody else somebody ran him over it's look boom because they play a, dead see so right. I had one I yeah. ran one over in my driveway and I thought he was going to be all right and I went away for the evening <laughs> and then I came back and I'm like he's really committed he's not playing yeah. but I did yeah. once I told you this story I remember in New York when I was living in New York and it was like ten degrees out and I drove past an old woman by a bu- at a bus stop. And this is like about 10 o'clock at night, so the buses aren't coming frequently. This is in Queens. And I, she was an old woman, 10 degrees, maybe 15 degrees. And I'm driving somewhere, and I'm like, I see her, you know. And I think to myself, 
that woman could die tonight. At 15 degrees, she's 80-something years old. I go, on my conscience, I go, I got to go back and make sure because whatever. So I go around the block, and I open my window as I drive by, and I just go, uh, are you okay? And she's a little startled, you know, like, well, who's this guy talking yeah. to? And she goes, what? What? And I go, are you okay? It's very cold out. You okay? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And she's, you know, she doesn't know, a creepy guy talking to her. Yeah. And I saw that I startled her. So I drove, I drove away. I go, all right, she said she was okay. And then I started thinking, I just startled her in 15-degree weather. <laughs> yeah, what if she's having a, 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 if her heart's skipping beats? So I had to go around again and just make sure she calmed down. And I went around again, and she saw me go around again. So now I'm fucking stuck going around the block for all night. And now you're frightening her. Until the bus comes. And, and, yeah, yeah and, and for the rest of that, for the rest of that week, she's hoping that you don't show up in front of her house. Yeah, but, but yeah, but... um. You yeah, have, I have that. I have that kind of crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the and yeah. the thing, like the the other thing about the the show is because it, it seems like um, there's a couple of moments that that really that really stand out to me as uh, that I can't shake in my mind because I understand them and I thought they were very deep and true. The fact that you know you have the the reluctant fact that your only friend ends up being your bookie. Yeah, is <laughs> like coming from well, I mean, yeah. in the sense that that you have this dark secret that, that you know yes. having have, having had a past with drugs. Uh, you know, whatever your addiction is, you know, that guy knows this dark secret. So, right. you know, he's going to be there no matter what. He's the yeah. keeper of There's secret. a bond. There's a weird bond we, between me and him. Now, yeah. did you, when you were talking about putting the show together, because you both, you guys, this came out of, this is really a, a co-created yes, yes, show. Yes, Now, did you have to decide, you know, what your dark thing was going to be? I mean, could it have been porn? Could it have been drugs? Could it, did you have to say, well, gambling, I think, is the most reasonable <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I actually have a little history with gambling, so it was it, we always knew it was going to be gambling. Yeah. 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 Oh, you do like and, what? Well, I mean, I, I, I now nothing, but back uh, before I had money. Yeah. I tried to lose money I didn't have. You know what I mean? Right. I, right. I, sure. Yeah. I got close to 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 being bad. I mean, I was. I was at one time. But I had no money to lose. Thank God. You know. Right. Thank God I I got a ha- handle of it before I made money. But I was I went to GA for, oh, really? for a little bit, yeah. 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 And um so we knew that. And then on Raymond we always wanted to do well what you're gonna see this year is this Right. A, a way a, a coping mechanism. Yeah, I, guess I used you could to say. make mind bets, like to, to fill the gap of not not being able to get the juice of gambling. I used to make mind bets where like if I'm okay, if I'm watching a football game I I don't put any money down, but if I say, you know what, I, I would take the Jets with seven, okay, if the Jets don't cover I can't watch TV for the rest of the week. I would make little mind bets like that. But would you really keep to them? Yes. That's the bad part. <laughs> Don't even. Yes. It's- um, it became like a thing of what God, I would swear to God and all that. So we tried to do that on Raymond, but it got a little too twisted. We, th- we kind of just thought... It's it's too. It doesn't work if you don't if there's no gambling history. Did you write on Raymond it. as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't start out there. But oh, towards I, the end, yeah. I was the last six of the nine. Seasons. Yeah, and there was no way you could figure out within that structure how to do it. It just felt a little too dark, right? It well, got, it, it was, was too little... dark or too goofy because if you yes. don't, if like the character of Raymond had no gambling history, so then it just became a weird thing that that guy was doing, you know? Right, what I mean? right, right. But right. let's let's talk about the characters in the sense that you know, writing a character that that was everybody loves Ray, you know, the dimension of that character is limited just by nature of the format, right? I yeah, mean, you can uh, only do so much. Yes. You can't even have a real conversation on Raymond. Yeah, on Raymond. Well, sitcom we is, can have real. Yeah. We we tried to make. Uh, Yes, you were in the 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 genre you were in. You had to not do certain things and do certain things. But we tried to do it keeping within that genre. We still 
hope we did it as real as possible. You right. Know? No, no, of it's course. It still yeah. got broad. You yeah. Know, it still got broad, and it still got a, you know, because you had to. But we, we tried to make it grounded in somewhat of, of a reality. But you know? the characters can't, yeah. they can't move from the situation. They have to stay in the situation. You have to just do stories within that situation. Right, every right, week. right. And if you don't, it's yeah. someone walking to a door saying, this just happened. <laughs> right, right. Well, here right. you can be where it happened. Yeah, and here you can. I mean, this is almost like we're treating this like a, in a way, like a mini series that just goes longer than a mini series. I mean, this isn't going to be on for ten seasons. We're not looking to make syndication money and all this kind of stuff. You can't be in a midlife crisis through, you know. But you might. Well, I guess so. But I think that we're thinking like the way we're approaching it is the pilot is sort of where they begin to have an awareness of like there's a problem in a way or, or you know my life is not quite where I want it to be or whatever and the end is sort of where they get through this phase in a way you know and that that can't be when they're you know 70 or whatever well you look at the character of Ray's father on the show and looking at my father there, there's no end to this shit right well that's I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. not like it's going to get better from here on yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true yeah yeah that's no true. we're not going to get it's, cured of anything yeah <laughs> Yeah. You just have to deal with it in more, yeah. And Andre got a, ways. did he get a, uh, Andre Brauger, is that how you pronounce uh, Brower. it? Brower. Brower. I don't know why I always screw that up. He got an Emmy nomination. He was nominated, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a tremendous thing for this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought for, I mean, I thought we we're going to get shut out because it's too early. We're under the radar. Yeah, not very and, many episodes and stuff. But he's yeah. acting he's so like, good. it's, it's yeah. well, it's just interesting. It's like, it's just a different role for him and also yeah. that, that I think everybody's just as good as the next guy, but like that weird thing with his father that every time like the, to see him yeah. you know, knowing his history as an actor, yes, you know it's sort of like you know eat his tongue you know and just eat his heart yes. every yeah. time his father steps into the thing that's just the decision where you're thinking he's going to step out of it and stand up to him, but he's he's wired as the character not to be able yeah, to he's not the guy from homicide yeah. you remember and he can't confront his father, yeah, 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 yeah. even though his father's this buffoon. Yes. I mean, that's yes. why it was such a weird choice when somebody pitched Andre Brower, because we had pictured uh, Wendell Pierce. I don't know if you know The Wire, the show The Wire. Yeah, sure. He was Which the, one? The Detective Bunk. Bunk, yeah. Yeah. He got uh, a cigar. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. He's in every... Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's in, uh, how do you say it, Tre- Treme? Treme, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. And we kind of wrote it. We wrote, think Wendell Pierce. And yeah. we met Wendell Pierce, and we thought, he's the guy, the put-upon guy who's a little overweight and yeah. whatever. And then um, he met with us, and he loved it, but then Tremmy came. And so then they pitched Andre Brown. We thought, well, ah, Andre Brown is that, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. aura that he has. Yeah, taking command yeah. of yeah, the strong yeah. guy. And this you know. guy, and he came and met with us, and, you know, we, he's such a great actor. We said, let's, let's err on the side of going with the, the best actor. Yeah. And he, I think he embraced it because he, wanted, he didn't want to play the guy with the gun chasing yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted to be the guy who who was knocked down, you know, and he's yeah. And then the comedy, we were just wondering, you know, you don't think Andre Brower <laughs> when you think comedy. Here, here's a perfect oh, this, example. Yeah. Of, this is a I don't know for for Go us ahead. guys, it might be funny. We wrote a line last last show, was it? Where uh, he 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 does something to his wife. He 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 screws up. He says the wrong thing to his wife, and yeah. he's telling us at the diner how he fucked up, you know, and 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 he says. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he stuck his foot in his mouth, and yeah. now I got to go home and talk to her about. It. I didn't talk to her yet, and and uh, Scott Baker looks at him. There's a beat, and Scott goes, "You, you scared?" No. Well, first he says, "He says I'm going to yeah, go and I'm going to tell her." He, he puts up a good front. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm going to tell her I was just having a bad day, and if she can't understand that, then then well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then Terry was supposed to go, "You scared?" And he was supposed to come in. We wrote quickly, you know. 
a, a little bit. You know, like you squirt. You know the, that comic rhythm. Yeah, you yeah. scared a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So and I told Mike, I go. There's no way Andre is going to have that timing in his head. He's a Juilliard trained actor. He's not going to get it. And sure enough, he went just the opposite. He goes, uh, Scott Bakley goes, you scared? And Andre just looked for a while. The longest beat went a little bit. And and it was still (laughs) funny. It was was still funny, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's how he's he's funny because he's super real. And and we had an episode last year where he was supposed to be a guy. Well, he was supposed to be when he did that commercial, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's kind of an old type of premise. You know, a guy fucking up a commercial. But when you take a guy who's known for being one of the greatest actors of all time and like, and he, he just see him act badly he did it so yeah yeah effortlessly so not no not he didn't push it not no, joking, he, didn't, yeah. he just re- you really believe that that guy that character is nervous you know yeah. so when you guys are doing these shows and you're writing these scripts and you're acting these things out uh you know in rehearsals like i mean i have to assume before i get into that that scott bacula that character you know being out here as long as we have or you guys have in hollywood had to be the most familiar character yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we, we based it on our guy you know tom caltabiano I do kind of know uh, him. He, yeah, yeah, he's he a was comic, from, right? Yeah, from New York. Yeah, and he's, he's didn't he work on your show? He worked that, on Raymond. That was more the the woman side of it than the than the actor or you know. Well, I mean, for guy. people that don't know, Scott Bakula plays this you know perpetual sort of uh, bachelor, uh, you know, the right. guy who says he's an actor but never really go, he's already defeated, but he holds on to this idea that he's still an actor. I think for real yeah. in his head. Yeah, and and he's always on the make and you know hanging out with chicks and you know yeah. And his the, attitude what, is basically he's he's he, it's so in his rearview mirror that he almost pretends he's not he he's he never said he never admits because you never get to that point where you're like I'm giving up now. No, you just well, never, that, just how do you know when to it? do that? Because yeah. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the show. Just yeah. Whatever he's doing. No, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Is I that's, can't sell cars. Though. That, yeah. That's right. That's what we kept talking about. Is just I mean you've talked about it on your show before, but in this business you can get. You keep going, keep going until you get to this age and you're fucked because you have no other skills. Well, it's also it's you against this dream. And, you know, and right. there's some part of you that insulates you from knowing whether or not you're failing because you, yeah. you keep moving your your uh, your barometers for success up. Like, you know, when I was <laughs> yeah. younger, it was like, well, I'm not going to be part of the, the brat pack. And, and then eventually it becomes Rodney Dangerfield didn't make it until he was like in his 60s. Yeah. You know? Right, right. So, Right. Yeah. It's like he just right. Lewis right. Black was fifty two. I don't think it happened in any yeah. second. Look at Betty White. Yeah, Betty yeah. White's just yeah, now Betty taking White. off. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. but the but those I guess the what I was gonna ask you before is that because you're dealing with real things, I mean the the things you haven't dealt with are, are death, really, have you? No. Uh not on you, the show? Yeah, not, yeah. I mean, I think that's inevitable, but right in the first season. Religion, really? You know, uh, you haven't really dealt with no. that kind of stuff no. with, with no, where no, these no. people, no one's hit a wall like that. Yeah. And, and I know that you guys are, you are both pretty spiritual people in different venues. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you say you were afraid to go to hell, you're afraid to go to hell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the fear in me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you didn't do a joke that a tell might do, you thought yeah. like a tell's already going to hell. I wasn't. I wasn't afraid of going to hell because I was just. I was afraid of uh, not getting rebooked at the club for doing that joke, <laughs> which is yeah. the same in comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. When that's it's right. the only club guess, you're working, uh, and you're yeah. pretty spiritual guy, right? Well, I'm. I'm a Buddhist, although uh, I've found that kids got in the way of buddhism you know so you're, you're no longer i'm at I'm peace just, I'm, with- <laughs> yeah i'm i'm just a shitty buddhist you know uh-huh. i'm just i don't <laughs> practice as well you know i believe uh, it's still that, like i haven't given up i just yeah. don't do it as much it's sure, just it's like, like a car that's in the garage that i don't take out ever so uh, now uh, now when you when you do these scenes i guess the question i was getting at is that you're still looking at them as comedy scenes 
I mean, like um, because they're they're pretty hairy. But you know, when you look at it, you think like at the end of it, you don't let it get to a point where there's there's something that the retention is not going to be relieved. Well, I think that's in our blood somehow. Right. Like yes. we're, we're always saying, "Oh, that'll be funny." Right. Like, we always catch ourselves. Oh, that'll be a funny scene. Right. And then it ends up. I mean, we're most you know, we're, it's all about the story, and then we we. It yeah, just, that I, just stuff I, I, comes out, but we try not to push it. I guess. Yes, it's ultra. We want it to be ultra real. You know, uh, you know, like on Raymond, we 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 wanted the comedy to be real, but it was still within the the sitcom universe. There still have to be jokes. So actual it was. jokes. And here, if if there's going to be a joke or a laugh, uh, it's got to be super real. You know, once because there's a couple times we catch ourselves. Where I go. That's that's Ray Barone talking right there. You know, that's 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 a Ray right, Barone. Right, they can't be like one-liners. Yeah. They have to be. You know, yes, they have yes. to come from the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and but but we do. It's funny because we think of it as it's a drama with comedy in it. Um, I think I think it's some weird hybrid. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, it yeah, is. It's, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it, which is what makes it really great. I mean, you know, Larry Sanders had a similar a kind of a tone. Yeah. Where you know you were dealing with with funny people. But who were you know dealing with fairly real issues? You know? We used the movie. Um, um, what's the movie with uh, Giamatti that we? Oh, used? Sideways. Sideways. Yeah. Kind of like a well, sideways. That's, that's great. Yeah. That by uh, Jim and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Jim Taylor and, and Alexander Payne. Payne. Yeah, yeah, they. I mean, they definitely do dark comedy, and, and yeah, and that that movie is one of my favorites. Well, that's. I mean, the pilot we kind of treated like it was an independent. I mean, I, we always wanted to have an independent film feel and. I think that's what caught them a little off guard when you know they, they before they picked us up they were a little like it's not going to be that uh, depressing all the time is it and we yeah. first of all we didn't think it was very depressing. what the hell are they afraid but of also <laughs> well that's what my point my point is the reason we got good reviews yeah was because people people thought of men of a certain age Ray Romano they were expecting not what they saw right yeah. they were no, people ex- came into ex- it thinking yes. it's going to be a balls out comedy or, or, or whatever just just shit yeah. or stupid shit stupid shit <laughs> yeah people came in and thinking this is going to be some more stupid shit yeah now, we were at the focus group and that was the greatest uh, you know they split the men and the women up at focus groups for this some, is just like they just uh, they bring people in to yeah just, right. this is just for the pilot they don't do this like every show but, but just for the pilot to get meaning. a sense of what people feel for yes them. yes yeah. and so all the news from the focus group was actually mostly very good but the, I, there was this one guy who was like, I just saw when the, when it came on, and Ray's uh, Ray Romano's face came on the screen. <laughs> All I could think to myself was, "Oh, great, more crap." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there was a beat, and he goes, "But he was pretty good. It was oh. good. I kind of liked it. It was like a different thing, you know." And more then he, crap. he, you know, that we've gotten hilarious. more backhanded compliments about this oh, show yeah. Oh, yeah. where they shit on everybody else. Yeah. Raymond never right? liked the, the, yeah. those are the good compliments. Never liked them in Raymond, but yeah. this one, yeah, yeah. But, really. Uh, there, but there's a oh, lot yeah. of people. Yeah, that's that's we that's what happened in the first season is where after the that show, the closer, which is a fine show, it's just it's just different than ours, and you could see the audience changing. You know, like we're not we're not. I don't think we're drafting right. completely off of there. So there's a lot of people coming to it thinking it's everybody was Raymond, and then as we went along. We sort of sifted off. through the yeah. people who, okay, this isn't everybody. It was Raymond. Well, then other people came aboard, you know. Yeah. Well, what do you what think that, that, that reaction to Raymond is? Because, yeah, I mean, Raymond's an incredibly successful show. But what what is the general criticism of that character? Too nice a guy or what? No, uh, there are people who, you know, we have, look, we were great. We did great with yeah. fans. I just, yeah. But there are people who just don't like the, the Every sitcom has the sitcom, people who yeah. fucking hate it. Yeah, the sitcom, you know, the, the, the whole, uh, uh, it's, it's. It's, Goofy. Wim- yeah. it's, it's, it's also yeah. just time, you know, time. I remember when Raymond came on in 96, the whole thing was Seinfeld at that point. So then, then Raymond came on, and I mean, I knew you, but still, 
I could I was watching at home and I was sitting there going, this is actually kind of good. Like this isn't just my friend doing a sitcom. The, the, it's it's calm and it's it's first of all they they were one of the first sitcoms and still one of the only sitcoms to just do one story. I mean since like the seventies and the seventies used to be that way, but they would just do one story beginning to end. There were no A B C D stories. You right, know, right, let's right. catch up with this guy over here. Let's they just want you know beginning to end. And the story was incredibly small, but you still wanted to see okay what happens next. What happens next? And it it was also within the context of a sitcom much more real. Right. And By so the, way, the critics, I'm very proud of the show. I don't want to feel like I'm. I'm no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't I'm proud of what we did. Yeah. Very uh, no, was, critically was, acclaimed when it started. Yeah. And I mean, and and to the end, but it, it's just the the nature of a sitcom because you know, first couple of years it's the overlooked thing. Then suddenly people climb aboard and it's more popular. And I remember going to the Emmys and it was like, when is Raymond going to? They're so overlooked, so overlooked. Then we actually won. And right. then the next year, it was like, when are these old fucks going to get out of there? You know, like, they, 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 they're taking up space. Like, yeah. this is they, yeah. they overrated. It just, and all it that, just turns on a dime. And so much about a sitcom is driven by the ensemble. I mean, it, like, if that, you know, that was such a unit. I mean, the yeah. symbiotic relationship between all those characters. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, yeah. more so than almost uh, anything else, that if the characters work together on a sitcom and everybody digs them and they all work together perfectly, it, it, it doesn't happen that often. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We got lucky. Casting... I mean, you, you got to get so lucky, you know. Like Brad Garrett, Brad Garrett wasn't on the page. That yeah. guy, that character wasn't. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah, yeah. Guy. Even when they pitched him, you know, because it was based on my brother in real life, who's a, you know, just this kind of low key, five foot ten. He's an ex cop. Yeah, I met that guy once. I think you met my brother. Yeah, at the cellar really? once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a New York cop for twenty years, and then they pitched Brad Garrett, and I remember him. From, all I remember him from Star Search was this six foot eight, big <laughs> Jewish guy. And I did said, impressions. did impressions, yeah. And they pitched him. I went, what? And then Brad came in and he said lines that there weren't laughs there, and yet he was getting laughs. And yeah, so that's that's the kind of shit you got to step in to get to get a hit show, you know. Now, when you did this show, was it always, uh, you know, once you decided it wasn't going to be a movie, did you? Was it always about not network, or did you take it to networks? Or? No, no it was HBO. always yeah, cable. You took it to HBO. We were at HBO first, and we were there. And Chris Albrecht was moving it along, right? And then he got, you, you, he got he had an incident, and that was that. That's what happened. Well, then it went the the powers that be that came in. It, well, they were it, the, it was a messy situation, yeah. but I think we've, we the basic things. I think we got lost a little bit in the shuffle. Yeah, and also I, I honestly, even when we were writing it, we we're like, we want to be on HBO so we can just say, the guys can talk the way they want to talk. Want to say fuck. I want yeah. to say fuck. Yeah, that was real, you know. <laughs> and now you can't? I can't remember. That's no, the one can't. word you no, really can't, can't say, but yeah. they let us. You don't need it, much. right? Come no. on. It's like the old yeah. guy. You yeah. don't need to talk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We don't talk like that. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. it's down a notch because now there's, there's certain people who are like, why do they have to say shit? And like, shit is so innocuous, it's hard for me to believe and people Dick, still yeah, get offended. Yeah, a lot of well, people. No, it's funny, though, with old people, because I remember one time I knew an old gangster who owned a sub shop. In uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I grew up, I don't know what what level of gangster he was, but his name was Vinny, and I thought he was the coolest guy in the world, so I'd hang out there when I was in high school, and I loved the movie Raging Bull, and I, I said I loved that movie. Was it is that what it was like? And he looks at me and goes, No, and, and I go, What do you mean? He goes, We didn't talk like that in front of the women. Uh, like that, that was his only criticism. Now everything else could have been right on the money. Uh, the, the shooting and the killing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, they, but we didn't talk like that in front of the women. That's, uh, I think it's, uh, also people coming from everywhere was Raymond. They just instantly thought, oh, they're saying words because they want to be cool. Like they just instantly thought that's what we're doing. 
right, and it was right, so right. not. It's like and first of all, we don't think cable. that's really cool. It's, it's, it's basic cable, so yeah, they're not maybe ready to. Sometimes hear that, there's you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Now, when you act, I mean, you know, as a, I, I think you've gotten you know good. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a, it's it's you weren't bad, but it's a different kind of acting. I mean, yeah. you know, when you were on Ray, your voice, your comedic voice, was so in place, yes, and yeah. and that uh, you you definitely knew where you were at. But here, you know, when when I at first, because that was my in- initial thought, was like, you know, how how is he going to pull this off? But it, it's very natural that you know d- to assume that a guy who's got a gambling problem is going to be a degenerate. Is 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 a mis is a misconception right. that I think the way that you handle it is, is very reasonable and 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 that moment where you choose to gamble on the for the for the new house and oh, yeah, and then yeah. that I mean that's fucking insane yeah, and, yeah. And like you know I like that moment with the girl with the woman I'm like that I mean that was that a difficult choice to Wait, make which on what woman? With the woman the woman bed? who you told oh, when you said bed. I'm going to yeah, be yeah, honest yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, be yeah, honest yeah. now was there a choice that you were making on that like is she going to stay or you knew she was going to go does she come back. She's going to come back, she's right. back at she's, some point, yes. Because, yeah. you know, we had such a cool thing going on, me and her, you know. So, you know, we just got one glimpse of of them connecting, you know, that was But good. the fact that she thought you were a good guy and then yeah. you, made the, you told her this choice and that, like, in my reading of it, because it is like film or I wouldn't put this much thought into it, was, was that guy that she in that moment said, you know, this guy's in tremendous denial and if he's willing to take that kind of risk – you know, I, I don't want to be involved emotionally oh, yeah. with this person. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly kind of it. Yeah, and, we didn't and, really you know, get into the backstory of her that much, but there's something there that's scaring her away from him. You yes. Know? Yeah. All that, yeah. and then informed by the fact that anybody who's in this age range, there's always a lot of like, uh, you cut bait pretty quick, you know? Right. Like yeah. somebody who's a 40 or 40, 45 year old woman, woman. Hangs around a little less than maybe a twenty-five-year-old who's like, "Yeah, let me," you know. But they got their own problems too. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. I mean, if they're forty-five and they're not with somebody, either you know they got dumped and it's a tragic story, or they're unbearable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I yeah. think we're exploring a little of that this season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, to some extent, there's and, a little more women coming into. And the- then the Bacula breakdown. You know, I mean, was that something that you were familiar with? I mean, that moment where a guy realizes that he's lying to himself, and I think that happens. You know, certainly with your character and with Bacula's character. I mean, yeah. I relate to this because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 47. I've been through two marriages. I got no kids. I work in my garage. I mean, this is a big day for me. I'm taking the equipment out. You get, you get, you get snacks over here. Yeah, that's what the first thing I said yeah. was, "Oh, Twizzlers." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the guy that's. We, yeah, you got everything in the writers' room, and I'm going to leave with some in my bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know that, that the the chaos of this time. It's different than when you're a kid because you know, they're, like Bacula's living like a kid, and you finally figure out how to have how to to have sex and that you can get women you know which is like when you're younger it's like the greatest thing in the world but when you're older it becomes this weird liability to right. where you're like you know you're hiding from yourself yes and that yes. meltdown that you got that you have on the hike and if i'm spoiling this for anybody i, I no, it's last year so okay yeah, yeah. you're good dvd comes out uh yeah, 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 yeah. november november 9th november 9th yeah. for the yes. first season <laughs> yes yeah. But when he has that meltdown, is that something you've experienced with people? Because I've had that meltdown several times. I had it two days ago. And I, the, the, the meltdown where you're like, I'm lying to myself. Who am I yeah. kidding? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, and, and really at a crossroads where, where he's managing that building. Yes. You know, which you know, people who, who do that, who hold on to a dream too long, are just looking to survive. And if they can somehow romanticize. Yes. Well, how else? How, I don't think. At some level, I think everybody has that point. Unless, you, you know, unless you're Justin Bieber, you know, who gets... Well, he's twelve. Yeah, he'll he'll have it, you know? right? Twenty. Who, who, who realizes his dream? You know, uh, and he didn't even know it. But um, 
I, th- I, I, I mean, was in my 20s and I still had that. I, w- I, I remember doing stand-up and I was doing stand-up 11 years and and that's when everybody was kind of getting scooped up for, for sitcoms and all that. And I remember having a moment there and I was like, okay, I'm 30, I was 36 then. Before, and, before Ray. Before Raymond. Right yeah, before. before. Before any kind of offer of any kind of thing. And I was 36 and I was kind of loving what I was doing, you know. But at, at 36 years old, you just wonder, you know, uh, what's is there a next step? What you know yeah. has it passed me by? This yeah. you know because I, I thought I'm, I'm out there. Everybody sees me, yeah, and nobody's nobody's doing anything. So is this it? Is this what I'm going to be doing? And I remember that's he, a horrible yeah, moment though. Yeah. yeah, that because like by that point you've had a taste of what what clubs are like, and even if you're doing bigger rooms, you're still yeah. going out to governors. You're yeah. still going out to rascals. You're yeah. still giving Mark Maron a ride home to Queens, even, yeah. though, he, even though he makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? You're like, all right. Like I remember it specifically because I was wandering around oh, moping. You, you gave him a ride home once. <laughs> Like it was after the salary. Where like, in Queens? Where do you, where in Queens? I was in, in Astoria, uh, and I, I don't know. I may, I believe you took me. You dropped me off somewhere over there. Yeah, yeah. over went, the bridge. We went over right, the bridge or something. Right. <laughs> but I remember there's that moment because you knew me, and, and but you know we're very different types of people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like you know walking. We were walking and talking. And he's like, well, where, where are you going? <laughs> Well, yeah, 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 oh, the fucking queens. You know, <laughs> there was this moment where you're like, "Am I going to do this?" Yeah, all right, but if I, let me tell you something. If I had trepidation, it's because because guys like you, yeah, who see, I always, I, I, I always think, you know, I'm up there, I'm doing great, I'm a good comic. I, I'm, I'm not going to. You're a great as, comic. As much as I'm, pe- as I shit on myself, I know what I'm good at, and that's the one thing I'm good at. But I also know. You know, you guys are irreverent and smart and all that shit, and I, that's what gets me intimidated. Havy would do it to get me intimidated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, Attell, you know, John Stewart, all these guys that had something there, you know, and there I am talking about poop and my marriage. And I all. remember more of your <laughs> jokes than yeah. I do those guys. Well, I know. I mean, I do it well, but, you know. <laughs> like, I remember yeah. the joke. What's the joke that I always, it's like uh, when you get older. And you're, you're feeling around. It's oh, like, no, oh, yeah. oh, there's a lump. Oh, there's one over here. That's oh, the set. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or in the shower. No time for that. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. The that, fantasy bit. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that, the bit? You know, here's the sad part. That one's still in the act. That <laughs> yeah. the shower bit. You come yeah. go to the Mirage in Vegas. You'll yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 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 that moment you're talking about is it really? It's a it's a horrifying moment because at that point, 36, you're too far in. Yeah. There's no and, and eventually I got a wife. I got two kids at that time. Three kids at that time. No plan B. They're right. really. I mean, what the fuck is the plan B? But but don't get me wrong. I'm making money doing something that I'm not yeah. digging ditches. You know what right. I mean? No, I'm, I get I'm, it. I get I'm it. Doing, but you just wonder, did I get to the top of the ladder? Is was that, that it? But, yeah. but was the plan because like a lot of people believe like and this is a, a miss. Uh, I think a, like a lot a lot of people. See, you're a comic. Like you know, I talked to I talked to Robin Williams. Uh, well, he's he's the best example. In the sense that, you know, you get younger comics now that are looking at guys and they think like, you know, uh, you know, fucking Ray Romano, Robin Williams. I mean, those guys, it's like you, you were a comic. It's all you ever did. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and when people talk, you know, they don't, I've never heard anyone say negative things about you, but a lot of people with Robin, they're like, he's a hack, he's a thief, he's this, he's that. But it's like, but wait, he was 27. Yeah. And he was a stand up comedian and he got this opportunity and he right, held right, on right. to a career. Right, like, right. and you were nothing but a comic. Yeah. That's and and then you this came now. I mean, yeah. obviously you wanted this, but you didn't see it coming. Oh, I didn't go in. You know, I I didn't go into it for this. I went into no, it that's right, for right. comedy. Right. I loved I loved doing stand up comedy, and and uh, as a kid watching comedy, that was a dream. And then Who were your guys. Well, Bill Cosby was the first comedy album I ever heard. Was, yeah, uh, I remember. I remember hearing Bill the, to Russell, my brother, whom I slept with, was the name of the album. 
And I remember my buddy just going to my buddy's house and saying, we got to hear this. And, you yeah. know, that kind of storytelling and all that stuff. Is it great when the first time you listen to comedy records when you're a kid with the other person? Because you just yeah. sit there looking at them like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, credit, right? yeah you take yeah. credit for it. You show them. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so him, you know, and uh, then Steve Martin was around then and uh-uh, Carlin and Robert Klein. But but Cosby was, was the guy that really uh, planted the seed in my head, I think, you know. And then um, that's why, you know, I, 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 even at the improv, I recorded them all, and then I tried it, and then whatever. I gave it up. I, I bombed. You know, I don't know how your story was, but usually you do it. You do well. First night, the audition yeah. night, you do well. Yeah. You think this is easy, and then you bomb, and it scares the shit out of you. And I went away for two years. Yeah, I've maintained that level of inconsistency <laughs> yeah. throughout my career. Yeah. <laughs> You're a purist. Yeah. But then, um, you yeah. You went so away for two years? You got scared Yeah, off? yeah. I, I did well the first night. I was, how old were you? I was at the improv. I was like... I was 23. The original the, improv on 44th yes, Street. Yes, on 44th. Uh, audition night. H- here's the story. Uh, you know, you pick the the name out of a hat. You go yeah. Sunday afternoon. You pick a name out of a hat, a number out of a hat. Yeah. If you get, if you get a number, there's 50 people. They give out 20 numbers. All, the rest are blanks. If you get a number, that's what that's when you're on. I brought a girl with me from the neighborhood, a friend, to pick four also. So I have two chances. Yeah. And, and she goes, what if I get picked? They're going to ask my name. You know, they right there, the guy with the clipboard yeah. says, what's your name? So I had to give an androgynous name. I said, just tell me, if you get picked, say you're Jackie Roberts. So she got she got the pick. So I went on that night as Jackie Roberts. <laughs> and then I got a call back. So I had a, for the first, like, three months, I was Jackie Roberts. <laughs> I never knew that. Oh, yeah, I told you that story. I never knew that. I told you that story. No? I know that I didn't do. Yeah. yeah, and then I gave it up. Then when I, when I got a taste of how hard it was, I gave it up. Came back two years later. What did you do in those two years? Nothing. Uh, I was home. I had a. That's when I, my brother got married. Everybody left. I was. I kind of crashed then. I had a kind of an emotional. I, I had what, you know, what kind of what Terry's going through now. The actor now. I had then. I had. I'm nowhere. So I got nothing. I was living at home. I lived at home until I was 29. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And Mike, you were like, you were like, I remember that. You're very nice up there on stage, <laughs> and I think I busted your balls about it. I, I, that's everybody busts my. Everybody would say you're so not. Yeah, that was my whole thing. And SD, uh, I'm the king of the backhanded compliment as yeah. far as because SD would, always, you know, the comedy seller would, you know, you're such a good host, which is yeah. you know a horrible thing uh, yeah. to hear, but yeah, yeah. it's true. I it's actually like take pride it's like in the it. Old, but, like he's a nice guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. that comic, nice guy. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's what happened with... That's you're the Woody Allen. You're Diane Keaton's Woody Allen. She does never fucks him, but she just likes him. That, that's him comedy treated yeah. me like that, yes. But it's interesting, though, because you, like, you know, like I, you know, I chose to you know, hold on to, the, the, to, to being a, just a comic because I, can't, I never was able to work with other people until recently. <laughs> but somehow or another, the smart guys, you know, who knew they were funny and they were good comics and knew that maybe there was a living to be made in the industry of comedy, right. you know, went into writing. Well, I... You I never did that either, did you? I tried. I, I remember. I, I yeah. auditioned for Conan. Yes, to write for Conan. I remember this is before before he got the show, and before Ray was on, obviously. Yeah, yeah, way back, and and I got Louis C.K. was there, I think. Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And the, he told me submit some stuff, and I submitted stuff. Yeah. And then I went in and met with Conan. Yeah. In an office, and we talked for a half an hour. Yeah. But I never got it. Yeah. And, and yeah. you and then what happened? Well, I was I it was always like most people, most comics, where I thought you know if you go into writing, you're giving up. You know that must be sure. That's, you can't yeah. do so. You'll teach or whatever. Right. Um, but then, I don't know, I got, first of all, the, I, I, I wasn't really a very good comic. Like, I was an okay comic for a really long time. And then the last couple of years, 
because I started going to Luna and I started expanding. Like I was stuck at the cellar for so Alternative long. Alternative comedy and you yeah, know, all trying that, that stuff. Out. I finally just became someone. I think in like I mean, I started on Raymond was in '99, and so like '97, '98, '99. I actually feel like okay, I was actually doing some something funny, and also being someone original for once. Because basically up until that point, I was just I think I was just like, well, I'm getting laughs, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm doing. You had right. hair then. I had yeah the hair when the hair went away, more. I started yeah. to get real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and but then I got you know the scars actually gave me a job on their MTV show, and because they were doing like all these alternative shows, they were so good to me. And the show you know was neither here. I mean, the show they had a lot of problems, whatever. It got canceled, but just writing it, it just felt like oh, this is I'm actually I think I might be good at this. Yeah, and. um then I, st- yeah, I, you and know, we did the book. We did the book the together. Year, and Raymond, I got. They offered me, you know, the whole. Th- this is what they do: write a book. You know, the stand-up comic writes a book. Yeah, it was in the second year. Raymond, Mike was still in New York, and I needed someone to help me write it. So I went to New York for a month, or you came out here for a month. Yeah, or whatever yeah. It was yeah, just a couple couple I knew months. That Mike and I, office. you know, our sensibilities were the same, and his style of writing. We sat down for a month. We did it, and then that's when I really knew I like how Mike writes. Yeah. And then the following year, there was also in, in between there. There was Saturday Night Live, which was like the thrill of a. He, he oh, did yeah. Saturday Night Live, and then I wrote a sketch. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, I hosted Saturday Night Live, so I took Mike and Phil, and and yeah, Mike wrote the f- sketch, the the first one. You know, they put the sketches on in order of how strong they are. Yeah. And we came in with a sketch. Mike's Mike's written sketch, sport the Sports Center one. There are there's a couple of cult fans out there. Right. There's there's the people who sketch from SNL. Be, there's a catchphrase that actually emerged yeah. from that. Sweet sassy molassy and uh. <laughs> Right. But um, but Mike wrote that, and then so then the third year Raymond, I just I kind of knew I I had to earn my clout on Raymond, you know, because right. I was just the the comic turned actor. So in the third year Raymond, I said I'm bringing a guy on, and then I brought Mike on, yeah, from, yeah, from the third year on, yeah, yeah. And then the first year was uh, I would just I, I kind of knew I I would really have to fuck up to get fired, like. But at the same time, I, I, I almost felt more guilty because I just felt like I don't want to be the guy who's just his friend right. oh, yeah. sitting you in the room because you know, there's yeah. always those guys. But it's, just, it's interesting that the relationship de- developed because one thing I learned from Apatow and like in that guy, you know, how he, he had a semblance of this uh, at such a young age when he did comedy, he basically said, look, you know, I knew you know, when he was 23 that I'm never going to have a defined voice. That I'm not going to define myself. I, I related a lot to that. Yeah, as a comic. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, and then, of course, I'm like thinking, like, am I defined? I think you carved yourself quite pretty a, broad, yeah. but you, you were very defined. But, Bec- but, you know, Apatow and I were on the Young Comedian special, uh, HBO Young Comedian special. Was, was he defined? I, you know, I wasn't paying attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the same one as you? Yes. I thought he was on the No, it was me, was a- him. Uh, Janine Garofalo, uh, Bill Bellamy, and I think Nick DiPaolo also. That sounds right. And Dana Carvey okay. was the yeah. host. Right, right, right. right. It's like 18, 19 years ago. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, yeah. now uh, to, to get back to the, the show, now, what, what kind of obstacles really are there, are there now? You know, now that you've had critical success, you've had one season, and TNT executives, they still are concerned about yeah, the Yeah, well, tone? we don't have the... We're we're not a rating success. Yeah, by, well, we're ratings, anything we're on that, fine, but we're not okay. a comparative. On, but, but comparative on the network. I yes, mean, the closer is like the number one. They cable. have two shows that kill. They have a show called The Closer with Kira Sedgwick, who she just won the Emmy for, and it's the number one scripted cable show. Period. I yeah. think, right, right. Is uh, it not just yes, TNT? It's, it's, it's set it's, records and yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they change. So we're on point. after that in November when we when we go on in December. They're going to put us on after that. Um, 
And but you know, there's always, you know, we're worried because we're, we're going to have a great lead in, and we're not going to appeal to the same audience as Yeah, her. but I think that, like, I didn't know what the hell the show was. And if you hadn't sent me the show, I don't know that. I don't watch it, much television. And I don't, you know, I just, I don't, I don't yeah, know where yeah, anyone yeah. has time to do anything. But, but the way it's presented, it's, it's, it's interesting because it, what is the, the pitch? Right. You because know, it's a very engaging, emotional show and, and, and it's very satisfying. But it's not like these three guys yeah. are right. losing their right. minds because they're older. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem. The problem it's, is it's called Men of a Certain Age. It's rare. And people, a lot of people have that, oh, I got to hear three guys talk about their dicks getting smaller or whatever. That's kind of the smaller? perception or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Something happens to your dick. But, um, <laughs> But the, you know what's funny is the the wardrobe woman, the wardrobe woman working on the show. Yeah, she's been working on it for five months now. She yeah, came over to me last week, and she goes, you know, they handed I got four DVDs of your of last season. Oh, she wasn't on the first. She season. wasn't on she the was, first. Season. Was, yeah. Like, I, so she's been on the show now for four months, five months. She goes, I, I've got four DVDs of your last season. I go, oh, oh, good. She goes, yeah. This is a good show. She had, ne- she had <laughs> never watched the show. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And she said. She's just putting clothes on these dicks, yeah, going whatever. Says, you know, you're I on guess a show, a you're too busy working. Plus, it's men of a certain age. I didn't want to hear you guys' problems. But I, but I watched it, and then I made my boyfriend watch it. Right. Yeah. My, yeah. My, uh, my housemate, because that's where I'm at. I'm 47. I have a housemate. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I own the house. Yeah, I, uh, I'll uh, bring Manfrotti in here. He'll make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You, you see his house. Yeah. But she loves this thing. I mean, she to her, yeah. it's like exactly what television should be. Oh, good. You know, I'm good. just saying that. I, I mean, I, I like the show, but I wanted to get a second set of eyes on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, good. You know, yeah. And yeah. she's trying to be a writer, so I mean that. that well, that's the, no. We, we've heard a lot of good feedback, and I mean, you know, we've, when we when we put on, we finished all the shows before they went on the air, so it wasn't ever, there was never going to be some kind of mid course correction. Yeah, you know, like fifth episode, yeah. like oh, they they don't like this, we'll change it. There was no choice to just film it all. Right. And then put it on. Same so here, we were same very like, here. okay. Where, where are you now you know? in the schedule here? Well, don't give any of this away. I'm but, not. I'm um, filming six, two oh six. Yeah, we're halfway through almost. Oh, you're halfway through now. You know, I noticed that one thing. Hey, you look at the first line on two oh six. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, can you see that far? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, I, I did. Uh, it made me have a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not yeah. It gave you a tingle, right? Yeah. 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 Now the the other thing that I think that is is fairly. Uh, 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 noble about you, Ray, is, uh, y- you know, like even when I, you've, you, you remain a pretty humble guy and you're a very nice guy. And even when I saw you at a sushi restaurant many years ago, uh, you know, I walked in at Nozawa yeah. when you were on the lot and I said yeah. hello and you were very nice and you were, con- but of course I said, I can see power in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> but, but you, you're still very, uh, a very sweet guy and a very human guy and you take care of your fucking friends and that's, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, well, the fact yeah. that, you know, I mean, you and Manfredi go way back, and he's a funny yeah. fucking guy. And he's it's a the gr- bookie on the show. Right, and he's yeah. a great part for him. And, yeah. you know, and Kindler, and there are guys that you use, uh, yeah. you know, that you don't have to use. Right, you know, right. a lot of guys are, are not good like that. They, they tell their friends, like, I, I wish I could uh, help you. And, uh, well, the problem is, but of course, the problem is you can't help everybody. So that's there right. are those, still those guys out there. Right. No matter how much right. you help Well, that's what I was reading to. You've got yeah. six more left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, if you have any angry two-line parts <laughs> for an intense Jew, an, an, an accountant, or a, a corrupt lawyer, anything, yeah. I'm looking at the board. Well, we have that, that one that says, Buddy Holly gets mad. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> Thank God for writing me in. That's it's, very good. It's a thin story. We'll be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But but you but you are aware of that. I mean I mean, but in the well, sense that you but, and John. But, well, well, we do that all the time now. It's like we kind of said, listen, like, I, and I hate talking about money because I feel like a dick. But look, that's just the way it is. Financially, I don't need to do this show. So why am I doing it? Because the juice we get from just doing shit and creating stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm an actor, so I'm 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 still uh, even though I'm a I'm insecure as all shit. You're still a narcissist. Yeah. Still, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, I said let's let's be able to throw bones to people. That's the cool thing, you know. Let's help you helping your friends out. Right. You know, my right. friends out. That's that's part. Yeah. Of I the, mean, acting wise, is you know. Yeah. But yeah, they're talented people, guys too. Yeah, I mean, no, it's we're not, not going to give just. There's, no, right. The quality no of the show we, is always first. Yes. Yeah. We'll never ever give yeah. something. Oh well, that you know, they'll, they'll fuck it up, but we'll do it anyway. You know. Right. It's, right. It's, well, yeah. we'll just have him on. He needs to get his insurance, and we'll cut the scene. <laughs> no, but Manfredi, <laughs> yeah. we only put on because he was right for well, the part. Yeah. We we fucked up because we. I mean, it ended up being fine, but we wrote the part. We, we named the guy Manfro. Yeah. Before we cast John Manfredi, right, right. right. So we had him in mind. Yeah. But. We also we, said, well, <laughs> he's still got to audition, you know. He's still got to read. God forbid he doesn't get the part of Manfro. Of Manfro. <laughs> now he's 56 and he's going to. Yeah, he's 56. He's I, living in a box right now. I'll yeah. tell you something about that character, though, that, that's, that's great. And I think this is the reason why the show is great again and the reason why television should be like this is that, you know, it humanizes everybody. That, you know, the, the, the character of a bookie and your relationship with a bookie, the fact that you can't have him around the house, that you don't want to like him, and then the fact that he's completely self-aware of what he's doing and himself, and that he's he's a pretty you know, he's he's got a heart. Yes. Uh, yeah. Even though he, he you know like because I'll never forget it, uh, when when the drug dealer said to me, uh, "You got to get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> that you yeah. know that there's that in that, yeah. that that character of Manfredi because everyone will you know judge these people and they'll judge anybody just based on a one dimensional picture is that he's a, he's a full character he's a quirky character and he's got a heart and he does this horrible thing. Yeah. yeah. And and then all you guys are struggling with minor horrible things. You know, to, <laughs> right. just to, to maintain your lives. And this guy lives on the other side of the track, so to speak. Yeah, yes. he's still a, a pretty good person. Well, it's amazing because, again, for some reason, the focus group is sticking in my head like it shouldn't. But yeah. uh, even from the pilot, there's the women, one of the women said, I like that Manfro character. And, and yeah. I was kind of surprised to hear that. And she said, I just feel like he wouldn't let Joe go too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really? You're getting that just from the little, you know. Yeah, and yeah, does yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> does he let you go too far? We have some, we have well, this, some interesting this, stuff happening. This season, this, yeah, Manfro's yeah. got some uh, good stuff. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, you know, fellas, I, I think that uh, that I, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you. Do you edit this? <laughs> does it just go on like it is? Or do no, you no, we, we'll do a little editing. You have a concern? So you cut out all of the boring stuff I said. That's right? a, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so it's just Mike. So you're here with Mike yeah, Royce. Yeah, so so we're here with Mike Royce. With Mike Royce. Probably buffer it with another. You know, yeah, do a second interview. I'll middle for somebody else. That's about. I was hoping you could host. <laughs> but cool. but you're doing great work and uh, and best work on the on the on the new season and the DVDs come out in November and I don't you know I never use this show to plug but you know you, you guys are your old friends and and I do love the show. Oh, Thank you, it. appreciate yep. it, man. You're not bullshitting, I can tell. I'm not. I, I don't bullshit well. <laughs> thanks, well, guys. Thanks, man. You Thank bet. You. I had an amazing time talking to Ray and Mike, and I got to be honest with you, folks. Those two guys are two of the nicest guys I've ever met in show business. Honestly. Just, I mean, funny, nice guys. Ray is hilarious and sweet, and Mike has always been nothing but a gentleman, and I, I couldn't be happier for this success with this show. It is really a good show, and I watched every one of them. But that aside, 
Thank you for listening. I hope you are you know, getting my emails. If you go to WTFPod.com, you can get on the email list. You can see where I'm playing. You can buy some merch. We've got a couple of new t-shirts there. You can go to WTFPodshop.com. We're going to have a new episode up soon with Dave Attell and some people. There's a few episodes up there for, uh, for purchase now. Please donate to the show. We do run on your generosity. Go to PunchwineMagazine.com for all of your up-to-date comedy news needs and uh, please check out StandUpRecords.com my old record label and uh, Dan Twistle over there does a great job he's got a lot of great artists on that now some upcoming club dates if I could Wednesday October 15th live WTF at the UCB Theater here in Los Angeles with the uh, amazing Charles Fleischer the voice of Roger Rabbit, one of the original wizards of weirdness in the comedy situation in modern times. Brendan Burns will be there. Erin uh, Foley uh, will also be there. She was in Almost Famous with me. And uh, Jim Earl is going to join us as well. That'll be a great time. Now, the 20th of October, that's a Wednesday in New York City at Comics. Uh, we're going to have a couple of really big shows. That's just a tease. Let me tell you about Texas. October 18th at The Parish in Austin. I will be there with a live What the Fuck crew. Come down. October 19th at Trees in Dallas. Another live What the Fuck performance. Please, if you can, come down. Now, October 20th, two live WTF shows in New York City at Comics. Show number one, 730, Sam Cedar, Kristen Shaw, John Glazer, and perhaps John Benjamin. That's right. That's a hell of a show. 930. Mike DiStefano, Rich Voss, Bonnie McFarlane, Dan St. Germain, and hold on to your seats, Louis Black will be at the 9.30 show on October 20th at Comics in New York. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And, and also, I love doing this. I fucking love doing this.